Hello, travelers, everybody, and welcome to a new episode of the Indie Diaries podcast, a show on the human stories behind indie game development. Speaking to you today, as usual, is your loyal Indie Diaries and host, Anthony L. Wolf, writer and narrative designer and senior content manager in social media. And today, I've got a very lovely guest from Denmark, Tanya Lind Tankred, who's the co-founder of Other Tales Interactive. But as usual, before we go into the episode, I want to shout out to my amazing Patreons who keep supporting me every single month. And they're Feinoko, Zagini, Fishbump Dev, and Pelik. Thank you guys so much. You're amazing. And it's it's incredible to have your support, um, ongoing support every single month, really. Uh, I don't know where I'd be without you. And uh, if you too want to support the show in any way, you can go to patreon.com slash the Indie Diarist and uh, you'll be able to gain access to episodes in advance, bonus content, and a lot, a lot more. You can also go to theindiediarist.com where you can find all the links to this plus more ways to join the community, including the Discord server and my links to social media. Without further ado, let's go into Indie Diary number 37 with Tanya Lind Tancred. And I hope I'm saying her name right. All right, everybody. Hello, and uh, welcome to a new episode of the Indie Diaries podcast, a show on the human stories behind indie game development. This is your loyal Indie Diaries and host, but you know everything about me from the intro. I'm a writer, narrative designer, and senior content manager in social media. And today with me is another amazing guest from the indie game development community, and her name is Tanya. Um, so, Tanya, um, you're, uh, as far as I know, uh, if I remember correctly, you're the co-founder of Other Tales Interactive. Um, so tell the listeners a little bit about yourself, what you do, where you're based and what you're working on right now. Yeah. So yeah, I'm one of the co-founders of Other Tales Interactive and I am on a new project that we're working on right now called Miniatures and there I'm a writer and also design the project together with the, the others. And yeah, I think that's, that's me. We have been going at it for, I don't know, since 2016. And uh, we made one game before it's called TikTok, a tale for two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, looking at your page and your website, I could see your focus on, um, you know, narrative experiences and like beautiful stories and such and miniatures. It, it, it just looks stunning already. So that I'm very curious about. I will get into it. Um, before we get into all the development questions and all the personal questions about your own story, I always, I I always like to open these episodes with a little icebreaker. And in this case, uh, I wanted to ask you if you could be any game's character for one day, who would you be and why? Ah, that's interesting. Mm. Can I be like? the character in journey i don't know what it's called oh yes the character in journey of course yeah i think that would be pretty wonderful Mm -hmm. just sliding the slopes and exploring the world Mm -hmm. yeah that would not be a bad bad day well no one no one ever said that before but yeah it would be a very (laughs) very soothing experience i guess uh so if i remember right you cannot die in journey so that's pretty that's pretty good by itself um you can definitely be slowed down I, I seem to remember you can't die. So yeah, it would be just a, a, a day where you just relax, sliding around the sand and exploring the world. That's, uh, yeah, ex- exploring the wonders that's there. Maybe I'll also meet someone else, right? Like they have this two-player yeah. version of it, so I can hang yes. out with someone else and we can whistle and, uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I didn't know about that feature um, before I started playing it. And, and I played it, like, later on. So mm-hmm. I was playing it when, like, years after the game came out. 
And I didn't know about the feature that you could actually meet someone else in the game. And towards the end, I found someone. Uh, towards the, the end, when, you, when you're near the mountain, like literally at the end. And I found yeah. someone. I was like, wait, is this AI? Is this another player? But I saw that they were responding to my calls. And then we just ended up doing a little bit of the road together. And then we kind of got split. But it was, it was magical. And then I was like, oh, my yeah. God, this is one of the most beautiful moments <laughs> in my gaming life. But yeah, let's not talk yeah. too much about Journey. But it was beautiful. It was beautiful. I love that. Yeah, it really um, was. Yeah. yeah I, was, I had um, someone that like went with me from the very beginning. And if you've played Journey a lot of times, you get a white cape. And this person oh, okay. had a white cape. So oh, it was basically wow, okay. taking me around the entire game, oh, showing me all the okay. secrets. It was very beautiful. <laughs> oh, that's nice. Yeah, no, I didn't yeah. I didn't mean a white cape, but yeah, that would have been no. very cool. <laughs> right, yeah, didn't know about the white cape either. I should probably read up on, on Journey Secrets too. Uh, such a beautiful mm. game. Yeah. But yeah, so, well, um, so of course, this, this is a show on the human stories behind indie game development, as I mm. always say. And uh, uh, with, with these stories and with my guests, I always like to start from the beginning. So... What I'd like to ask you is, think back to your childhood. What's your earliest or fondest memory that involves video games? Mm, yeah, I think I'm very classic in that sense. I had a Nintendo 64 and mm -hmm. I played so much Mario. And I think that's that's probably what takes up the most space of my childhood with games. Um yeah, I don't have anything because I didn't I didn't know a lot of people that were playing games actually. Mm -hmm. Like my cousin, he was playing a bit, so whenever I was like at his place, I would kind of try what he was playing, but I did not have a lot of a lot of people that would recommend me stuff. So I played a lot of the classics when mm -hmm. I was younger. And yeah, I think I also had a really fun memories of The Lion King. But oh. it's it's so hard. <laughs> so like hard, I never yeah. I never made it very far. And I think mm -hmm. like uh, in this fall, we were in London for um, uh, the WASD, mm -hmm. and they had they had the Lion King. Someone had put up the Lion King, and I had to try it, and it was so fun and still really really hard. And still really really difficult. Yeah, yeah, I remember yeah. that. Um, yeah, no, and one of my earliest gaming memories is playing like I don't know Spyro or Crash or Crash mm -hmm. Team Racing with my dad. Um, he's not the one who, who introduced, who introduced me to video games was my uncle. Um, but still the, he encouraged me and then kind of regretted it afterwards because I was playing <laughs> a lot of video games, but yeah. yeah. Um, so you where it was, that's, uh, that's interesting because I'm going in April. So if you guys are planning to go again, then, uh, I could just meet the team there. Ah, that's cool. Yeah. I don't, I, we're not planning to yet, but I will definitely okay. Okay, let perfect. you know if we're there. Yeah. That's perfect. Yeah. That would be, that would be nice. And yeah, for anyone listening, if you're at WASD this April, uh, it will be in a couple months time. By the time you listen to this episode, uh, just, uh, you, you'll find me on the, on the show floor, but I'll, I'll say it again, closer to the date. Um, so, well, you kind of answered th this question already, which is which games you remember playing growing up. And of course, uh, well, the Lion King, yes, but uh, also all the classics from, Nintendo 64, but do you think they're having an, an influence on the kind of work that you're doing right now? I guess the, the stuff that we do now, it doesn't have so many of, you know, like the classical like channels or ch oh, challenges or you have to collect certain things or, but I think there's just something about the playfulness that, mm -hmm. yeah, that sticks and mm -hmm. in enjoying being in other worlds. And I think maybe what from Mario there's a lot of the exploration I could also see that when I got back into games like I had a bit mm. of a break in my life and uh, 
it was especially the exploration and like going around the worlds and finding things that I found really, really interesting. I think it's also why journey is something that pops up because it also has that thing of, yeah, going into this new world and just exploring and being there and yeah. Hmm? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, again, I, I can definitely see it in the art style, but also I suppose in the gameplay, once I can get my hands on miniatures, which I will, uh, it's, uh, I'm, I'm really looking forward to that one from the little things that I've seen, but yeah, you mentioned you, you took a break from, um, from games at one point, but mm. when did you even start? Like, when did you realize you wanted to make games? There's always that moment when you do the jump from playing them to making them, but for you, was there some sort of a aha moment, um, an epiphany, mm -hmm. if you may? Yeah. I mean, it, I, it was a little bit by accident actually i was uh, i was studying literature like comparative mm -hmm. literature and i have a bachelor in that and then i was kind of thinking oh is there can i do like some interactive ebooks or something like that and then i took a course at the it university and then i got introduced to so many games when, mm -hmm. while i was there and a lot of these um yeah indies that were really like pushing the boundaries of what a game can be and I can just remember, I was like, wow, this is, this is amazing. And then we started making games uh, in, in class. And I just found the process of making games really, really fun where you sit and there's like nothing and someone says something and you're like, oh, like, what about that? Oh, we can put this thing on da, 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 da. And that process was like nothing. And then suddenly there's something and you build oh, yes. it. Mm -hmm. It was- You ah, see it come just, together over time. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's just really magical, I think. Mm -hmm. um, and while again yeah, literature in that world is a bit more solitary, you sit a bit more on your own and read. And I think I really enjoyed the collaborativeness of, of making games. And of course you can also make games on your own, but I, I really enjoy that it's like multiple people that come together to create a thing. Yeah, I'd say that, yeah. Uh, that, that makes a lot of sense. And also it kind of anticipates one of the um, questions that I'm going to, uh, to ask later, but I'll get to it. It's just, making games is so so magical just seeing them come together the combination of all those different arts it's just yeah. something unique to to the craft i think it's just uh really incredible and uh, like when when it comes to your um development uh history or at least your involvement in development um in development and in indie development is there a particular mm -hmm. challenge from your years at other tales or even before then that left a mark on you, something that you want to share for other developers? Like left a mark, like in a, yeah. like in a bad way or in good a bad way? way. Or... In a good way, maybe. Maybe you learned something positive. Who knows? <laughs> oh, I think like the cliche one is that everything takes longer than you mm. kind of think that it will. Um, and then I think for me, what has been really giving was, is that was especially doing TikTok that, uh i learned to draw and i was like me and mira were pretty pretty new at making games and we both came from this writer wanting to make something narrative together mm -hmm. and mira she learned how to program and i learned how to draw and i think that whole process was so giving and so fun mm -hmm. um, and challenging as well um yeah okay. that's more yeah. on a personal note yeah well, yeah, no, I guess I guess a lot of people will relate with that one. You, we we tend to be very optimistic with our estimates in terms of time. Yeah, and such, but definitely. And yeah, still, uh, like, even yeah. we keep saying it, like, you know, we have to remember that it yeah. takes longer. It will take and longer. We, it will take and longer. It, and it, it takes longer than that too. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, and at this point, I think I guess I'm curious about the story behind Other Tales Interactive. Like, how how did it come to be? 
yeah, I think like the very, very start of it was that we were in school, Mira and I, and uh, yeah, we were both like these narrative interested people. And when it was gotten time to write our thesis, I, uh, I asked Mira if she wanted to do something together because mm-hmm. I knew she also kind of wanted to make a game. And uh, we had not worked together like on these like big assignments before. So we were a bit nervous actually of like working together, mm-hmm. but then we did it. And, uh, and that was how like the foundation kind of, of TikTok emerged like we wanted to make a narrative game for two and we were super fascinated of um when you're a kid and you have like your parent read out loud to you Mm -hmm. and that kind of feel of like sharing and story and being super close we wanted to have that in a game format and that was how it went and then uh, after after university we're like oh maybe we can release this game and we can we can make a company Um, ah that's that's beautiful yeah it sounds like well, and uh, it sounds like you you had a pretty unique focus from the start. Like you wanted to do, uh, not unique, but at least a very very clear focus from the start. Uh, like uh, we want, you wanted to do narrative games and you wanted to do them beautifully and such. And I guess that brings me to my next question. So, like you, you do clearly have a focus on beautiful narrative, immersive, story driven, story driven adventures. As a writer, I can really relate with that. But where yeah. do you think that comes from? Like, is there something that just makes you enjoy stories that much? Yeah, I think like stories have always been something that I've enjoyed since I was little. I always read a lot and uh, read a lot of fantasy when I was younger and went to study literature and was always interested in writing. And I have like lots of like, (laughs) I always started novels, you know, like I would start them, I write a few (laughs) chapters and then I would get excited about something else and then I'll start a new thing. Yeah, and Mira is the same. Like she also, yeah, has this writing and love for reading, and has had it since she was very young. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's kind of natural that we wanted to go go in that direction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, well, that that uh, makes a lot of sense, and I can relate with everything you said. Like, just there's something <laughs> magical about stories. Myself, I've been reading since since I have memory. Uh, probably, yeah. you know, side by side with video games, I would say that my two biggest passions. Um, and then I managed to make a career out of one of them. So maybe at some point I will make it out <laughs> yeah. of the other one too. Um, but yeah, so, well, let's, I guess we're now, um, after TikTok, of course, but we're now, um, back to the present, I would say. Mm-hmm. So you're working on miniatures, just what's so exciting about it. And, uh, what, what can you tell the listeners at this stage? Yeah. Well, what can I tell? So it's, um, game anthology. So it's mm-hmm. four small small stories that you can play separately or all in one go and they're all different so they have different story they have different art style different soundscapes but they're all connected by um being set in in childhood and it's seen from a a child's perspective Mm -hmm. and then we tend to like the slightly mysterious and a little bit eerie so that's also something you see in all of the stories Mm -hmm. and yeah i think that's what that's the overall like explanation of what it is on a like more more formal level and uh, yeah they have been incredibly fun to make they have been made by writing short stories and then we go together as a team and then we kind of see okay what art style like what gameplay what fits with this specific story Mm -hmm. Um, and then we started developing 
Mm. And I guess the name miniatures comes from that, like the fact that there are just very small miniatures, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, or definitely. very small stories. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that's perfect. Yeah. Um, and it, and it's, 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 it's lovely as well that it's uh, miniatures. They also has like this art meaning as well, like from artists that yeah. did these paintings just in miniatures because it is also just very like analog or we're trying to make the game feel very analog at the same time and we're trying to mimic more traditional painting styles and so mm. we're just like oh it's both small stories and it's also that's <laughs> <laughs> this art reference which we thought were very cool yeah uh, and and i believe you already have some assets out because I, I remember seeing them i don't know if david shared them with me but uh mm-hmm. but maybe i've seen them online but i believe you already have some assets out potentially and if you do well I recommend everyone to just go and check out miniatures because already from the art style, it looks beautiful. And um, at what stage are you in, in development, if you can share? Like, when uh, do you think you have a release date in mind and, and such? Yeah, so we're kind of figuring out the release date mm-hmm. now. So we're, I can't say so much about the exact thing. I know it will be in 2024 Perfect. that we will release. Um yeah, and we are right now, we have finished the first two stories. We are very close of finishing the third, like we're just like polishing it off. And then um, we also have like a huge chunk of the fourth story done, but it's uh, it's a bit more. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, but yeah, 2024 early. still sounds great. And uh, yeah. yeah, I'm very much looking forward to that. Well, I guess after all of these questions, we get to the core of mm-hmm. uh, what the show is about, which is me asking you, why exactly are you a game developer? What do you think <laughs> drives you forward? Oh, I think it's a wonderful medium to make stories in. I think you can really you can really make something new and I think I'm I'm just very drawn to things that are like, oh, can we do this or what about that or yeah, really like getting your create like allow your creativity to just like run um and as i also mentioned before like the collaborativeness of it like working together with a team that is also just fun fun (laughs) fun Mm -hmm. to work with i think uh, it becomes a little family somehow even though it's of course still like professional Mm -hmm. but you know like seeing the same people and yeah working closely on on building something together i think that's that's special Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and then... I'm sure a lot of people can, can relate with that one. Of course, a, a lot of people I know listen to this podcast are solo developers, but they still they will still find themselves in, in, in your words, like even just speaking to the community or just connecting with other developers. It mm-hmm. feels like just a big family when you're part of the indie game dev community, which is which is really amazing to me. Um, yeah, and and if I may ask, what's the opposite? Mm-hmm. Like what drives you backwards? Like what's your biggest struggle? as an indie developer, if you have any, I mean, it could be that you're just. No, there's, of course, there's tons of those as well. I'm just thinking like, what is, what is the best one to, best one to choose? Um, I think also sometimes, even though games are really fascinating, fascinating to make stories with, they are also really hard mm. at the same time because getting like that specific mood across or that, specific thing that needs to happen in a game mm-hmm. is really hard because you also want to give players agency so you don't want to force them to do something yeah. but this also has to happen so i mm-hmm. think that like finding the perfect format for that 
I think is really, really hard. And I think in miniatures, for example, we are, it's more like you're interacting with a short film. Like, so we're, there's not that many choices you can take. So here it's more of like experiencing a story and going mm. through it and, and being there. Um, but it is quite often like a thing that we're sitting and working with, like, oh, would we want the player to be able to choose? But we know that the story is better if it goes this way. So yeah. it's, uh, <laughs> that is definitely That's a challenge. Thing. And then we also sometimes, it's also with storytelling, but like how subtle do we want to be? Mm -hmm. Because we really try to not be in your face. Yeah, and, not too and much we, exposition, of course. Yeah, exactly. We don't want to tell you exactly what's going on, but we also don't want players to be lost after playing. You need to be able mm -hmm. to have had an experience and have Over had something a little that, bit. Mm -hmm. that made sense. So uh, those are the two main challenges, mm -hmm. I would say, in storytelling. Yeah, and they make sense. I suppose that's it's the biggest challenge of game development in general, the fact that, you know, you're developing something that someone else will then play. It's not like, well... You know, uh, they always say when when your work of art or your creation is done, then it's in the hands of the audience and whoever experiences it. So that it's true of, of films as well. But with films, it's a bit different because they're a passive medium. But in terms of games, you're always kind of having to deal with the fact that the player is probably going to do something that you never expected they would do. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, you need a little bit of hand-holding there, definitely. But yeah, I see. I see exactly what you mean. And um, and so, well, based on your experience in the industry so far, what would you say is one thing that you would change about the video games industry? I mean, I think there's a lot that could be improved on, like with like gender and diversity yeah. and like mm -hmm. all those things that we have uh, been talking a lot about in the industry as well. Um, and I think maybe maybe I'm gonna take like a more I wish maybe it was sometimes easier to make non-commercial products mm -hmm. okay I see and like, uh, yeah and then more the creativity were valued more I suppose yeah yeah or like it's always valued I think I think mm. it's just uh, and I think we have some really great festivals and conferences that celebrates that mm -hmm. creativity. Um, but I think, for example, in in Denmark, we're, we're really lucky to have good funding schemes, but I know that in a lot of places in the world, it's not as lucky. And then it's really hard to make these um, experimental, mm -hmm. non-profitable games. Mm -hmm. So if we could solve that, how... Uh, <laughs> We can make more of those games. That would be yeah. great. Yeah, it's true. The UK isn't too bad, and I'm, and I'm based in the UK now, but uh, I'm Italian and I come from Italy, and I know that that is a problem in itself. Like developing games in Italy, a lot of people um, I've heard from and that I've spoken to that I've spoken to in the past, um, even just as a game journalist, it's just it's just a mess. <laughs> There's mm. absolutely no funny, and it's very difficult to get any sort of help um to, to make your dream game and sometimes your dream yeah, game is exactly. really commercial so as you say yeah i mean yeah 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 I, I i know exactly what you say and what you mean and um and yeah when i was at egx also the issue of uh, gender diversity came up because i wasn't at egx here in london 
uh, late last year and a lot of panels were about gender diversity, but also, you know, just more inclusion in general, LGBTQIA plus community and such. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it, it shows that there's so much to do in a lot of ways um, mm-hmm. still. But yeah, at least uh, at least awareness is, is, is growing and it's changing, which is positive. Um, yeah, well, I guess then this kind of uh, brings us closer to the end. I've got just a couple more questions for you, but this one, mm-hmm. this one might, um, might be useful to, to other people. Of course, you work closely to, with your co-founders and, uh, and with your mm-hmm. team and such, but mm-hmm. do you ever feel lonely or discouraged as an indie game developer? And if you do, how do you cope with that? I think I, my struggles as a, like a developer has not been as much as being lonely because I've always been working with mm-hmm. a team, but I think there's definitely sometimes when I have struggled with like what I'm making is not good enough. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can be very frustrated and like imposter syndrome, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, definitely. I can, I can mm-hmm. get like really, uh, really frustrated with myself and have like <laughs> where I just need to leave my desk and like uh, go mm-hmm. and like just take a breather because yeah, I want it in a specific way. Mm-hmm. And I think the way to overcome that for me has always been to talk with other people. And I think mm-hmm. I'm extremely extremely lucky to also be with a very supportive team and especially my co-founder is always he has a very positive energy and is always very good at saying no this is good let's uh let's get it out mm-hmm. um, yeah great yeah that that can help uh, if you're surrounded by supportive people and such and if you don't have a team as, as a solo developer also um turning to the community and other people who may have more experience just just for an idea just for an exchange of ideas that would also be super helpful yeah, um, and, yeah. and, and keep trying. I think that's also where I'm like, mm-hmm. uh, I'm really learning that nothing has to be perfect at the first yeah. shot. Like, and you can even like, just if you're sitting and drawing something and you're like, it doesn't turn out the way and you draw it like one, two, three, four, like 10 times, it does get better. It's mm-hmm. just, uh, yeah. yeah, I think, yeah, that's always nice. <laughs> nice to remember that it's exactly uh, yeah. Keep trying because it will get better. Keep trying. Yeah, first yeah, time, exactly. first draft is always something that you just want to throw away and start over. But from yeah, the second exactly. time, uh, mm-hmm. it improves always. Yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, I wish first drafts were a thing that that it just came out perfect. Yeah. <laughs> that <laughs> exactly. would uh, soothe my temper very well. Yeah, but, uh, that, that would yeah. help a lot. I I can totally yeah. relate. Yeah. Well, then I guess I just have two more questions, which hopefully would be a bit fun for you, um, just to wrap things up. And one of them is, imagine writing a letter to yourself, but uh, the, your, the, the self that was in university, what would you say mm-hmm. before even taking the gaming class? <laughs> Do not crunch. Uh, <laughs> and <laughs> yeah, there is, yeah. What, will, what else would I say? Because it's also, I don't know if I would have been able to do it any differently like than what we actually did. Um, well, that's, I guess, a message in itself. Like, just keep going. It's going to be fine. <laughs> Whatever yeah, you're going yeah, to do maybe. is going to turn out well. Yeah. <laughs> but that's also like a dangerous, like, kind of letter to write to yourself. Yeah, that's true. Um, <laughs> No, yeah, but if I if I could actually just write like no, yeah, it, everything will be fine. That would be nice to know, you know, like a letter mm-hmm. from the future. That yeah, uh, very reassuring, uh, definitely. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It would be mm-hmm. a nice reassuring message because I think that was 
I think that is the hardest thing about also, especially making your first game. Like you never know how it's gonna go, and even with like now it's the second game. Like we still don't know. Still don't know. So yeah. It would be really nice to know yeah. <laughs> how things are going to work out. I think that's yes, yeah, some of the hardest things about being a developer. Like there's always this unknown thing. Like you mm -hmm. always have to where can you find your funding and. Yeah, will people actually respond to what you're making? And yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, yeah, that sounds like a perfect letter to send to <laughs> to your <Yeah>. former <laughs> self in a way. So it'll be all right. Don't don't be afraid of the unknown. It will be all right. Yeah, perfect. Um, and lastly, I guess there's uh, th this might be a fun question for you to to answer because. I mean, everything that we talked about, especially with a couple of questions ago, it makes me think that you may have an interesting answer here. If you had unlimited budget and time, what mm -hmm. game would you make? Uh, I would make a big, like, explorative game, like mm -hmm. a huge world to explore. Oh, like Journey, um, then. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <That's> yeah, <the> <laughs> uh, yeah not, not necessarily Journey, but uh, I think I would... It doesn't have to be much bigger than something like Firewatch or something like that. Maybe I that kind of scale game, but mm -hmm. with a big open world, maybe also a mystery or something to solve and mm -hmm. where you can explore a lot. And if I had unlimited budget, it would be really cool with a, with a world where you can talk with everyone and everyone will reply in a natural mm -hmm. way. And like, you know, that like kind of impossible, impossible project. Um, yeah, of course, of course. Yeah. But yeah, still experiences and stories, they keep coming up. So yeah, as, as I thought, this was a very interesting answer. Well, Tanya, what can I say? We're around, well, almost perfectly the 30 minute mark, which is, uh, <laughs> yeah, incredible. So uh, I guess it's time for some parting words. First of all, thank you so much for your time and for wanting to just come onto the show. It's been a lovely chat. Where can other people find you? And if they do, what is the best way to support you? You can find us on social media. We're on Twitter most of the time. And then also on Discord, that's probably where it's the easiest to come and, and talk with us. And it's just other tales for both of them. Um, yeah. yeah. And thank you so much for having me as well. Like it's no been worries. really nice having a chat. Yeah. And of course, uh, I'll put all of these links in the description of the episode so people can come and, uh, and check out other tales. But yes, uh, what can I say? If not, uh, thank you again. It has been a lovely chat and it has been a pleasure. Uh, and wishing you all the best. I can't wait for miniatures. Thank you so much. <laughs> and that's a wrap, folks, on another beautiful episode of the Indie Diaries podcast. And not beautiful because of me, but because of the amazing guests that I bring on the show. Uh, thank you so much, Tanya, for helping me for this Indie Diary number 37. It's been beautiful speaking to you. And your energy just, you know, your love for stories truly shines through your words. Uh, it was great to have such a cheerful um, and, and talented developer on the show, and I can't wait for miniatures. And interestingly, I'm featuring so many writers in the first part of the year. Maybe I'm becoming a writer magnet or something. Well, being a writer myself, I wouldn't uh, be surprised. But in any case, uh, thank you, ho whoever's at home or just commuting or listening to this one on the go. Thank you for listening to this episode of the show. If you liked it, please leave a rating, subscribe, uh, say hi on social media, anything you'd like to do. You can find all my links on theindiedarist.com. Uh, and just as a reminder, the YouTube channel is live now, and there I usually publish some video clips and shorts 
from the from these episodes. So yeah, make sure to, to check that one out because um, I have some interesting things uh, in mind for the future of that channel. Um, and uh, of course, if you uh, subscribe to Patreon, for example, you'll be able to gain access to uncut video episodes uh, straight on the YouTube channel uh, in a very exclusive way. But other than that, if you are an indie game developer yourself, please get in touch because I would love to hear from you and tell your story to my amazing listeners scattered all around the world. We're always hungry for incredible human stories from the indie game development community. I'll speak to you next time.